We are live. Welcome everybody to the Crypto Mining Tools podcast. Uh, we're here today with our co-host, Ethan. Hey everyone. Ethan Zerka, and I'm your host, Scott Offord. And our guest today is Tony Gertz. Is that right? Tony, Tony Gertz. Gertz. That's correct. Yeah, thank All right. you. We're, we're really happy to have you today because, you know, normally we're interviewing uh, the providers, you know, the, the people that are offering services um, and people with products. But uh, today we really wanted to talk to you about the opposite end of that being uh, you know, coming from a customer's point of view. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tony, you had contacted me, I think it was on email or Telegram, and you had just mentioned, you know, you've had some really bad experiences and you finally have, have come up with some good experiences in the, the minor hosting uh, you know, realm. And I, I had asked you, Hey, what, why don't you write some of that out for me so I can review it and kind of understand what you're talking about and what the timeline is. Uh, so you did. Um, and when I got that email from you, uh, it was very, very interesting to hear yeah. what you had to say. And so I, sh I shared it with my team, uh, with Ethan as well. And, and it was a real, real learning experience for us just to hear some of the, the issues that, that can be, come up upon um, as, as a customer uh, of a hosting facility or multiple hosting facilities. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Tony, we, we are glad to have you here. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, uh, we, we like to just uh, understand how you got into the space in the first place, what got you into Bitcoin, things like that. So. Yeah. Um, well, back in uh, 2012, basically had a, a friend mention this whole Bitcoin thing and I thought he was kind of crazy because <laughs> I don't understand. I'm, how do you have something like that and have it be secure? It's digital. Everything can be, you know, somebody can find a way and uh, looked into the technology and I thought, oh, okay, this is what this solves. Uh, so I decided to sort of pursue it as just sort of a hobby on the side and I built a GPU rig and, um, you know, grew up with computers. I'm not a programmer or a hardware engineer sure. by any means. Um, but um, I'm pretty tech savvy. So I built a, a four GPU GPU rig back in 2012. And nice. yeah, um, converted it to Litecoin later on, things like yeah. that. And uh, I managed to get in pretty early in the pre-buy for some Butterfly Labs products. Right. Um, I, I got lucky in that if anybody's familiar with that whole ordeal, but uh, managed to get, get my two units and quickly resell them on eBay before uh, uh -huh. flip. Do a flip, yeah. right? I mean, I didn't want to, but that that whole ordeal was such a mess. So, uh, yeah, and then um, you know, bought some Bitmain products here and there, but I was just a, a home miner essentially uh, as a hobby, and of course, that all changed when uh, everything really started taking off, right? Yeah. Price changed, and then I was sitting here going, I don't think this is just a hobby anymore, and I'm going to buy some more miners and buy them in bulk. Right. And figure out what I can do with them and where they need to go. And right. so that put me down the path of looking out for looking for co-location facilities and places where I could, uh, you know, store them and mine with them. Now, were you one of those rare people that back in the day were able to mine five Bitcoin a day? Or <laughs> did, did you, did you ever accomplish that? Uh, five a day. I don't think I was doing five a day. Uh, but gosh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure everybody in this space can look back at some point in time and say, why was I selling these for ten dollars to try to get my money back? You know, right. Yeah. But 
it is what it is, right? We all should have bought right. McDonald's or IBM or Apple or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. So, um, you know, after reading your stories, Tony, I personally can relate a lot to the things that that you'd mentioned, the pitfalls that you've experienced. I've actually experienced myself. So can you share a little bit with the audience uh, about that? Yeah. Do you just want me to start chronologically? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the provider in Canada later, I guess. But uh, okay. my... <laughs> My first my 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 first formative experience was with a provider out of Washington, and I think it was a smaller operation. Is the experience I get because it wasn't this person's only only job, right? You sure. could Google them and see that they were a programmer and did other things, um, which didn't actually affect the service, the tech support side of service, you know, in terms of reboots or things like that. Uh, but what what I ran into trouble with there in that situation was when my contract was up and the, I guess the, the way a lot of these co-location facilities have prices, at least from my perspective, mm -hmm. uh, looking at this now for three years is, you know, they're not, they're not charging you their base rate of electric plus 10% or plus 20%. Mm -hmm. They're also adjusting based on price. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, my, price of Bitcoin, you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this, this provider, I had locked into a six month con or well, we were going to lock into a contract and then he didn't want to. So it would mm -hmm. have been to his benefit in the end had we locked into a contract. So I was a month to month with like a last month prepaid. Uh, I think I was with him for about five or six months and prices had gone down and a number of my miners weren't profitable. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's just pull them back and I'll see if I can find another facility or maybe resell them and see what happens. But right now I'm just losing money. Uh, so I emailed him and said, I think this is the last month, you know, I have the down payment, mm -hmm. you know, if things change, maybe we'll look at uh, turning them back up again, but I'm going to have to, you know, get them yeah. back yeah. and everything. How many, how many miners was this? Um, this wasn't too many. I think this was about nine or 10, mm -hmm. uh, just a number of uh, some S9s and some long T1s and things like that. Um, but this has been like two and a half years ago, two years ago, roughly. So not not a lot of miners. Uh, and the problem came into one once he wanted to one, once I was trying to get these shipped back to me, he his responses were took a long time, like a week. And normally his responses were within twenty four or forty eight hours. Yeah. Um, for service end of things, and that's mm -hmm. why it was kind of surprising. So. He first tried to convince me to mine at a loss with him, which mm -hmm. just make, keep it going. Yeah, which no, uh, <laughs> um, I understand you're foregoing the shipping costs, sure, but um, I'm not going to mine at a loss for you because I still have to pay you. It doesn't make any sense. I might as well buy yeah. or whatever. So that was kind of a red flag. Like he must think I'm not very intelligent or don't mm -hmm. I don't understand the whole thing. So that went on for like two or three weeks, like one email. And then a week later he'd respond. And then a week later he'd respond. Um, and I told him, I'm like, I'll buy the labels. I'll make this as easy as possible. Like it's in our contract about shipping units back. And it's always in the contract. Like sometimes they'll say, mm -hmm. you know, it costs $25 per miner. Or sometimes they'll just say you pay the shipping. And, you know, if you've been with somebody for a year, they're not really going to charge you a, a packing fee. Or sometimes they do and it's small. It just, it's part of the cost of doing business. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, so so the miners were still running, or were they still hashing to your uh, pool? Uh, they they hashed for that last month, like 
Okay. My last month down payment, right? Like, while you were while you were trying to get them secured as turned off and shipped back to you, they were still hashing because they were hashing out on the prepayment. Yes. Uh, yes and no. I didn't start the uh, ship them back portion until about a week until that was going to end. Okay. But I think he might have he might have emailed me and said, "Well, prices are stable. Do you still want to stay with me?" I was like, "Nah, I still want them back." Um, so then I started this whole process, um, and. <laughs> Yeah, he just tried to get me to mine with him, and I told him I'd pay for the labels, like mm -hmm. the pickup. Just let me know when. I'm being flexible, trying to be as considerate as possible, understanding that this isn't everybody's full time job, and they can't just I can't snap my fingers and my units get shipped back. Um, mm. But uh, <laughs> he, he then came up with this idea where I was going to send him a thousand dollars in Bitcoin. He was going to ship my units back and return what was left over to me, which again, kind of a odd thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your red, red flag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this. Are you kidding me? I was like, can you send me an invoice? Maybe that details all the costs at least. Yeah. I can send yeah. you. Yeah. At least. And then I can send you just what that is. And of course didn't respond for a week. Didn't respond for a week. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me to mine with him again and all this. And I eventually I was like, look, I, I mean, I don't know what it would actually look like to have to get a lawyer and threaten somebody with that. But I emailed him. I was like, look, man, this is going to go legal. And at this Tony, point, I have a quick question for you. Do you think there yeah. might have been a possibility that he put an aftermarket firmware on your machines and was kind of like stealing the overhead of hash, the extra hash that they were producing? And maybe that's why he was so resistant to kind of ship them back. Or he kept encouraging you, know, like, like, let's keep mining together. Let's keep it happening. Mm. Just out of curiosity, you know, like, did that ever cross your mind? It didn't. It didn't with him because after my month ended, they they weren't hashing anymore. So okay. it's possible he could have just been using my ASICs to mine during that period, which maybe. Uh, yeah. When they came back, they all had the pool information in there, so that would have okay. been okay. a little bit of work. I, I I do think there are probably some people or providers in Canada that might have done stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. Cause, cause Ethan and I just talked about that recently on, on our mm -hmm. last episode with, with JP where people install uh, aftermarket firmware and it can increase the hash rate, you know, m maybe increase the, the wattage consumed mm -hmm. as well, but sometimes they can tune them and get a little bit more out of them. And, and so, yeah, it, if it's, um, if they're doing something like that, yeah, it, it actually is possible to take a little bit of that hash rate for themselves. Perhaps. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And yeah, if yeah. you're running a decent sized farm, you know, let's say a, a couple of thousand machines that could, you know, really add up to some serious, you know, free hash basically. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so yeah, you said you eventually did get them back. Uh, how, how did that evolve? Yeah. How did you get them back? I, uh, I, I basically had to send a threatening email saying I was going to, have to find a lawyer and pursue legal action because there's no ex reason this this was mm -hmm. like three months or something this has gone on yeah yeah and uh he shipped them out the next week i mean that was the end of it yeah so, so that, that worked that, that was enough for for him yeah that i just don't get it and he posted something on reddit oh he tried to stain you no no he posted something like three or four months ago uh yeah, Reddit's not a great source of any 
right <laughs> anything crypto related as far as yeah. i'm concerned but it just popped up on my feed and it was uh somebody in like r slash bitcoin mining saying they were trying to come up with a uh, catalog of co-location facilities and things like that and he popped in and was like oh i offer co-location services out of washington and i popped in and i was like don't <laughs> I, I, I was trying to be nice i was like I, I i would highly caution against the service provider here's a brief summary of what happened and he responded back and just said i was extremely an extremely problematic client and stuff and yeah i wish i could just say yeah i i i am right but I, <laughs> yeah and then he offered to to take me back in as another client like, <laughs> you gotta be that was to provoke me kind of work this guy is classic yeah. You know, out of one side of his mouth, he's cursing you. The other side of his mouth, he's like, hey, you want to do business? <laughs> yeah. Be a politician. I mean, Jesus. So, yeah, tell tell us uh, about your, your next experience. I mean, obviously, that was not a positive experience. You know, tell us about. Uh, yeah. Or So so once you had those those miners back, I, I mean, what, what was the economy like at that point as far as Bitcoin, the difficulty? You know, th so those were like S9s, you said? I had some S9s, uh, some Halong T1s. I think I had, I had two D3s with him, with him, which I just told him to keep. Yeah, <laughs> those things became worthless quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. And that whole story was I, I didn't buy them when they came out because, mm -hmm. luckily, I didn't. But eventually, they became really cheap, and the market was doing well. And then they were kind of profitable for what four or five months, and that's when mm -hmm. I bought two used devices and had good luck with them. But for in terms of the shipping cost, it wasn't even worth it. I'm like, yeah, you can you have some free paperweights, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but the market was still fine with uh, the S nines and the T ones at that time. If you could get a lower rate, mm -hmm. uh, I think this is kind of when the S elevens came out, and they would have been in T fifteens. I think they were available for pre purchase. I think early mm -hmm. that January, February, March, April. So I think I, I got two T15s coming out sometime that spring as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I was still buying uh, devices based on the market. And and that'd be a whole other interesting podcast to do is equipment purchase. Mm -hmm. uh, I've made some really awesome decisions and I've made some really bad decisions. <laughs> we should have you back again uh, about yeah. that then. Go through another yeah, history, history of good and bad decisions. Um, that's a whole other interesting sphere of the of the space here. So, uh, okay, so with with that yeah. first provider, uh, were you a, a smaller client of his, or did you kind of feel like maybe all of his clients were about your size? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I don't think his total capacity was that large. Like, I think it was under a megawatt. Okay. Um, I don't know how many devices he had himself running. I assume. I assume if you own a co-location facility, you also have some of your own devices running there. I yeah, think that doing some self-mining. Yeah, it, I, I don't totally guessing here, but I don't think it makes sense for anybody just to open up a co-location facility and not run any of their own devices. Sure. I think largely they're opening up a facility. You only have so much capital to open the facility itself, and only purchase you know so many S17s, S19s, or whatever's going on now to uh, fill it up. Um, it's sort of like a way of hedging almost against. Yeah. The market. You, you want to maybe try to reach that next, next threshold where you're uh, actually using up the power that you paid for uh, mm -hmm. in order to get that discount or whatever it is. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's multiple the reasons rates. why people might want to do hosting services while they're doing self mining at the same time. Yeah. 
Right, right. And and that's, I don't know if you guys are trying to get into whether being a small client versus a large client matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it probably does in a lot of places and it probably does. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that from the tech support side, from the business end, I don't know how much it would matter if you're talking, like my 50 ASICs, if they're all just, you know, standard SHA-256 miners, if they're just doing reboots on them and that's all I pretty much have to do for those devices anyways, I don't know if it matters if I have 400 or 50 because it's going to be the same, roughly the same rate of reboot and tech support mm-hmm. anyways. Um, yeah, so from, from my experience on, on the hosting provider side, um, yeah, and, and dealing with larger and smaller clients, sometimes what I felt was, the smaller clients were the biggest pain in the butts, <laughs> right? Yeah, and they, yeah. because they're they're constantly looking at their pool, they're they're looking at you know their their app and trying to see how many units are up because every single miner matters to them. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's possible that okay these these smaller clients are um, feel like more of a pain, but it, it all comes down to the contract, right? They're saying that you're going to have such and such percent uptime. And they're going to uh, maintain your miners up to the standard, yeah. Or if they need to be sent for repair, they'll, they'll help you to do that on a timely basis. So yeah, it, it really shouldn't matter if you're big or small. I can completely see what you're saying though, because the the very first facility I went to that was about an hour and a half out of where I'm at down in Georgia. The the guys, great, super nice. They told me some stories about mm-hmm. doing it. Like, I, I am not surprised. Like they had a whole deal where somebody organized basically a, a group buy, but a group servicing. So one person was supposed to be in charge of these hundred miners, total disaster. And and I see yeah. that somebody who owns two miners, they're obsessing over thinking they're going to yeah. be in there doing that is checking what, why is my hash rate down a half a tera hash today? Yeah. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Why do you know, do you notice anything weird? Like they might, they're also not, they don't understand how much the hash rate varies and the pool side and the reject rate and things like that. And it, that stuff varies. Yeah. I can totally see that. But when, when you were uh, first talking about this offline to us, you mm-hmm. had said, yeah, I mean, you really don't feel like you were a very unreasonable or over overly persnickety client, right? Yeah. You like, re- reasonable expectations. I, I think so. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not uh, emailing tech support every other week saying, yeah, I don't like this pool anymore. Can you guys change all the pool information on all my miners? I'm getting a higher, you know, I'm getting an extra 0.1% reject rate out of this pool. I need to try a different one. I'm not, not doing that at all. Yeah. So, so uh, okay. Then where, yeah. Uh, Ethan was asking, where, where did you go from there? Well, well, before you go into that, I'd first like to give a big shout out to our sponsor of today's podcast, Nova block. Nova block is relatively new, uh, a newer pool um, in the industry. And they believe that as hash rate is shifting from China to North America, that they want to provide a pool that's better than the rest out there. And they want to do this by educating their customers and giving transparency. And you guys may have heard in a previous, uh, podcast with us, uh, you know, a, a client talking about how much they love Nova block and you know, why they think it's a better pool. So, um, do yourself a favor, give them a shot, give them a try. And Scott's going to show you guys how to get a good deal with them. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, the, uh, that person that was talking about 
There we go. Nova right blockers there. right there. Yeah. Immersion systems. Yeah. So they're they're very happy. We had them on as a guest, and uh, it, so it was interesting how that worked out. So uh, if you go to the website and uh, log in or, or sign up, uh, there is an invitation code. So it's very easy. Just type that in, OFFORD18. And what that does is it will reduce your pool fees down to 1.8% uh, for the for lifetime. And I'd also like to mention that if you have a lot of hash rate, don't hesitate to reach out to NovaBlock and tell them, you know, hey, I have a lot of hash rate I can offer to your pool and try to get a better deal with them. They will work with you. Yeah. So uh, thank you, NovaBlock, for helping us to uh, keep this podcast running. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, NovaBlock. Okay, Tony, so tell us about your, your next adventure and getting hosting and with uh, your miners. Absolutely. Um, real quick, kind of just to address um, something Scott brought up. I, I will say that there have been, I mean, when you get into altcoin mining, um, some of those devices are not very reliable. And on one sense, I'm like, you did ex decide and agree to accept these miners in your facility. And so if they need to reboot every single week, which gosh, some of them really do. Yeah. Same time. Like I would totally get it if, if a provider said, Oh yeah, we'll take all these units from you, but we're not taking, mm -hmm. we're not taking any of those. Those are problematic. Cause I have, uh, at the, at the facility with I'm with right now, which I'm very, very happy with. Um, they charge me a smaller percentage more for obelisk miners. Huh. And, uh, I was, I will say like they do require, even with their auto reboot function, they do require more reboots than more hands-on. Yeah. You know, yeah, so they're, they're, it sounds, sounds like a, like a company like that might've already had experience with these different types of miners. So they know, Hey, if we're going to take them on, it's going to take a little bit more management. So we should charge mm -hmm. a little bit more of a premium. Sure. Right. Okay. Right. And they're, they're a pretty large co-location company from what I can tell. So they, they knew and they yeah. probably knew about some other, types of miners as well yeah. but you know if, if i again if if a miner goes down and i email hey this needs rebooted when you get a chance kind of a thing i'm not expecting that to be back up in an hour or mm -hmm. two or four or necessarily even that day so i'm sure there are some small clients as you mentioned that expect that <laughs> right away which is obviously not realistic yeah Okay, so so where are we at in the timeline then of your story? What year? You know, yeah. what's going on in the market? This would have been now. I think uh, spring ish of two thousand eighteen. Okay, and I had was getting some of the units back from Washington, and I had sent a number of new units I purchased um, out to a facility in New York. Okay, uh, and that how was, how did you hear about this New York facility? So after the after the uh, events were going on in Washington, I decided to not necessarily just, um, you know, accept like based on price or something like that. I started doing try to try to do what research you can, and by that I mean at least email them beforehand. Try to get a feel of how they they're responding back to you. Are they are they just giving you a one sentence response to your inquiry? Um, trying to get some sort of like social understanding um, from the facility. Uh, mm -hmm. a lot of websites are out of date. Their pricing's mm -hmm. completely out of date. I mean, yeah. it changes all the time. Um, as you know, as I mentioned, they, they, 
they always say they have a VPN and you can always get remote <laughs> access and it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I started doing research that way and just sending out, you know, maybe looking to 10 facilities or email mm -hmm. at least 10 facilities. And that's just a general inquiry. I wasn't, it wasn't like a 10 back and forth response. I need this. I want to see a video of this. I want to meet your staff. None of that. I just, I'm, now, I'm would you would you always recommend using your uh, a VPN when you host with someone else with a hosting provider so you can manage things yourself? Uh, on my side of it, I feel like if I do need something that's kind of picky, like changing a pool or something, it just makes it easier on them. Yeah. That, yeah. that being said, I don't. I understand the the logistics of managing running and operating a facility like on the scales that a lot of these co-location facilities are can, mm -hmm. can be pretty pretty crazy and i'm not up on the software side and the security concerns that they might have from that let's say i do update some firmware with uh something that's not great and now i have a huge problem i've created a big problem for them right, right. sure yeah so, so I, I guess there are pros and cons both ways giving you access to those miners Right. Is one thing. Yeah. So then there's some uh, providers that have software uh, that, that can act as a, a management panel instead right. of giving VPN access, where mm -hmm. if you want to reboot your miner, you can. Uh, if you want to change a pool, you can. So it gives limited access without actually giving that tunnel into their facility. Right. Um, yeah. So that's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've never had any experience with any of those. Uh, I've never seen it offered. I'm sure it, I know, I know they do exist, but yeah, I've never seen any of the co-locations offer that as a, as a, a service. I, and the, the reason I think for that, and I, I do have experience with this because uh, when I, I, I actually still own like 1.5% of a right. hosting company, a little, um, a little and, and we uh, provided a uh, software like that. And the clients just loved it, absolutely loved it. Uh, and, and it helped us and it helped the client a lot. Um, yeah. But the issue is when, when we actually tried to sell this management software to uh, other farms so that they can offer it as, as a service, they really were hesitant about just one more fee, one more thing to have to pay for. And, and they were struggling to say, well, should we just absorb this fee? Or should we pass it on to the customer and, and say, hey, customer, if you want uh, better access to your miners, um, you're going to pay $2 a month or you know whatever it is per miner. Um, so yeah, it, there was always that question of, uh, is it going to really be worth it to the mining farm? And can we pass that fee off to the client or not? What, was it a question of them not believing that, that it would, in the end, save them in terms of the IT cost on their end? Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's beyond obvious that if you can empower the the customers at your facility, it, it relieves, you know, your burden of labor and, and management costs uh, and, and puts it onto them. And if they can pay you a little bit extra for that, then that's even a greater yeah. margin of profit. Um, so I, I do have to say, yeah. though, uh, this was being attempted at a time where it was barely profitable uh, to be running an S9 in the first place. Sure. Uh, so, you know, to, to think, oh my goodness, like 
my miner is making $2 a month and you want me to pay $2 a month mm -hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. to offer this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so New York, New York. Yeah. So yeah. this one was interesting cause it was like a three month deposit months, one, six and 12. And for about six or seven months, they were absolutely fantastic. Didn't really have any mm -hmm. issues. Uh, occasional reboot every once in a while they would have, uh, you know, a bad storm would come through or something that say, we're going to shut everything down for 24 hours. And okay. Mm -hmm. so they, would, they would, uh, shut everything down for 24 hours. No big deal. Um, oh, they, and, and how did you hear about this company? Yeah. Uh, Google searching and emailing. Okay. Really? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you have to go to about, at least back then I had to go to probably page two or three to find somebody that actually had their prices were accurate. You know, mm -hmm. half the people email don't respond because they might not be in business or they're not be taking on new clients. <clears throat> a lot of the time we're not taking on new clients. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the thing about their, Everything was working out there. Their tech support was weird. I just didn't really have any big problems um, with them. But you'd, they had a phone number you could text that mm -hmm. you'd say, hey, this, this miner's down, reboot it, thank you. And you could email them directly. But they would never let you know if they've rebooted it. So the issue there is if you have a problem that's larger than just a reboot, you don't know if they've actually gone to reboot it. So... Mm -hmm if the power supply is bad or, you know, the control board is bad, uh, you would have no indication. So now you're kind of like troubleshooting on your end as just this giant question mark. Mm -hmm. um, like, Hey, you have to email somebody and say, Hey, did you reboot it? Which seems weird to me. Cause I basically asked them if they did their job. Right. Um, and it kind of come, maybe it comes off critical. At least that's the way I'm thinking of it. So like, Hey, did you reboot this? Um, maybe the power supply is bad. I don't know. And then mm -hmm. it would show up online and it'd be like, Oh, so you, didn't reboot it yet okay. <laughs> or it's a weird troubleshooting issue where they had to reboot it twice because something larger is going on. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so it sounds like some sort of a, a customer service uh, ticketing software might've been helpful there where yeah. you, you could follow up or they, they could actually reply. It, you know, maybe there's just some communication gap between the actual technician uh, in the mine versus and customer you know, support. Yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't communicating back and forth to each other, perhaps. Le left hand not talking to the right hand problem. Right. <laughs> One time I got a text back. I didn't text them at all or have a reboot. I just got a text. We rebooted two of your miners. I'm like, what? Okay, Saturday. thank you. Okay, yeah, what? what? Uh, so, yeah, definitely a communication issue. And, and I'm sympathetic. Like, I, I don't, I understand that a lot of these facilities, they might have gotten into something over their head at first. Mm -hmm. um they might uh they might be understaffed you know the price has changed obviously we've seen a lot of volatility in the past two years mm -hmm. so i don't know if they're operating on skeleton crews or whatnot um i get pinched they get pinched we're all getting pinched so i get it but about about six or seven months into this experience uh they had they, they partnered with somebody else and i, I don't uh. know the whole deal of this arrangement i don't even know if this necessarily was you know what caused their service to sort of decline. Um, but it, it did, it noticeably started to decline and, and they started having some weird things. So their, their service went down for two weeks. Oh, wow. It went down for two weeks and they said it was somebody had cut 
their ethernet or their backbone rather in the facility. Well, mm. I don't know if that's a, a, a jilted ex employee who knows. Wow. Yeah. Could be hundred percent legitimate could be completely fake. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, I mean, in those situations where your miners just kind of go offline and they don't come back within a few hours, you, you really got to wonder what's, what's going yeah, on. What's happening. What's going if, on. If you can't physically go to that facility and, and see it with your own eyes, yeah, they, they could really just kind of spin a story. And and there was a there was a time, maybe a month or two before things started getting bad, where everything went offline, emailed them, like, you probably have a situation going on. I get it. They're all offline. It's not just my mm -hmm. units. What is going on? Um, like a day later, they emailed back and said, yeah, somebody sent us a couple hundred overclocked units. They don't allow overclocked units. They hooked them all up, and it did something to their power system. You know, and that was just wow. like a two-day outage. But why didn't you just email? Couldn't them? they just unplug? You know, like some of them, and maybe a blue something. That's what know. I'm thinking. A blue something with a transformer again, not a, an engineer. A breaker, or yeah, I guess if a whole transformer went out, but that's why you have breakers so you don't overload the transformer. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Right, uh, Tony. We're we're starting to get to the end of our podcast here, and I I have one final question for you. What is the worst experience that you've had? Um you know, dealing with a, a host. Um, real quick, I'll try to sum up the New York one because that was kind of ridiculous in the first place. Down <laughs> for two weeks, up for two weeks, then down for a month. And I'm thinking like, wow. like mining wasn't great at the time. So it is what it is. I'm under contract, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll, get, I'll get all my mining time in. And uh, they came back and expected me to pay for, for those six weeks. They were lucky enough to credit <laughs> me for two. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? So like, yeah. you can't me for six weeks of service wow. contracts that they can't do that. So I had to softly throw the contract at them. I don't even know why a company would ask you right first place. And that gets into what we were talking about earlier, where maybe they were shutting down for a month because they were being pinched on their budget and then they just expected people to pay and make up yeah. for all the loss. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were hashing to their own pools. Yeah, it's yeah, could yeah. could be a whole number of things that happen. Yeah. yeah. And then but, um yeah, so so before we go though, uh, I do want to hear about your great experience. Uh, I think you said your latest hosting provider, and and you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and, and name who that is and, and tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm now with um, the vast majority of my miners. I'm with two facilities, but the vast majority are with uh, Compute North, and mm -hmm. uh, they've, been, they've been very very good. Uh, they uh, they have a ticketing system. You know, who would have thought things like that? Um, yeah, and just their communication's been great. Every time you, anything from a reboot to a bigger issue, they sell you back and say it's online, it's hashing, please confirm with us. It's great. Uh, their billing's been great. Yeah. Everything. Compute North. Yeah. Good. Uh, Minnesota company. So, yeah. so that's uh, Row uh, and. Yeah, I've got uh, David. Row's business card right here. Yeah. And then I've got uh, what is it, Marshall, the president. Oh yeah, we've got his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good and thing it's blurry. They managed to do it at a, a pretty reasonable price too. So whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. And and how, how many miners are you running right now there? Uh, right there, I have about thirty something. I'd have to pull the spreadsheet to find okay. out. But yeah. Um, they, uh, I've got about 30 something and I'm planning on sending more to them as soon as I get stuff back from other, by their facility. So. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's really great. And, and what, what kind of advice would you give uh, somebody that's new, that's thinking about getting into this? Maybe, maybe, like, maybe they started like you, you know, they're hosting in their basement, uh, not hosting, but running their own miners in their basement or the garage. Now their wife is getting upset. You know, my house is too hot. Uh, I, I can't stand this noise. <laughs> Another $2,000 electric bill this month. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. What, so what kind of advice do you have then uh, for people that are looking to offload their babies to another uh, provider? I, I would say, uh, yeah, I wish there was some source where people could review this, but I'm also skeptical of online reviews as well. So I, I kind of mm. get what don't exist. But if, if you're, if you're trying, if you're emailing back and forth, maybe with somebody who's a smaller provider, I would say kind of go with your gut instinct. If they seem a little bit odd in their emailing, if they're, they're the way they're addressing issues or talking to you over email seems a bit weird. Use your spider sense. Yeah. Either they don't have time for you or which fine that you don't want to be with them. If they don't mm -hmm. if they're willing to deal with a small client, but they don't want really want to, then, then don't go with them. Um, or they might, be somebody who's interested in trying to get you to pay for a month of service that wasn't provided or not send your miners back and want you to send them a yeah. Bitcoin to send seven, eight miners back. Yeah. Kind of go with your gut on that. And, and it sounds like really having that contract to fall back on is a very good idea because mm -hmm. I, I've seen so many deals out there where yeah, somebody just sent the miners and they're kind of going on their word to get them up and running. And, but there has been some, uh, times where you have had to revisit that contract and say, Hey, this is what the contract says. You know, uh, I don't want to take you to court. Let's, let's follow the, yeah. yeah. The follow what we agreed to. Yeah. I would say there's one thing I've never seen in a contract that I wish I would have now because a, a statute of how long it takes them to ship your units back. Mm -hmm. Or, or just a, a response time frame. Like they yeah. have, you know, three business days to respond for, you know, any right. inquiry. They yeah. a, lot, a lot of them actually do say their response time is twenty four or forty eight hours. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but actually what, taking them off the rack and packing them up and making them available for pickup or yeah to be put in for shipment. In, yeah. Right. Yeah, that'll be a, a good thing for sure. That's that's a great idea. Um, you know, just uh, a heads up, Tony. I don't know if you've been to our directory listing or not on CryptoMining.Tools. I have saw you put uh, that out a week or two ago, or not so long ago, right? Uh, yeah, we uh, we just launched a, a couple of weeks ago, and we're really excited to. Uh, <laughs> Scott's got to show off here. Uh, you know, we're really excited to provide really good quality um, hosting providers and kind of help people like yourself, people like myself through the, the rhetoric of Google searching and, and emails and who can you trust and who you can't trust and, and all those things. Um, so in our listing, yeah, it, it goes through and it gives you, you know, many different, uh, you know, hosting types or, or management options. Um, for the people who don't know exactly what their power requirements are, you can just simply select the miners that you already have and the quantity, and it will calculate what your, your power demand will be. Um, and then when you go next, you can filter through, you know, based on region or based on, you know, what price uh, is, is affordable for your budget. Now, we do plan in the future to kind of create a rating system. Um, and if uh, a listing is below a certain rating or something like that, then they'll be automatically booted off of our off of our listing. Um, but yeah, we're really hoping that this will uh, 
will change things, will be a game changer and make it easier for the community to find proper hosting. Yeah. Well, Tony, uh, if somebody wanted to contact you, maybe like on, on Telegram or whatnot, uh, how could they find you? Uh, yeah, Tommy Telegram's the the best way to contact me. And I, I, I say that just, and I don't, if a lot of people do email me about stuff, I don't necessarily want my email box flooded. Uh, <laughs> respond within 24 to 48 hours. Uh, yeah, I think I shared my Telegram with you guys okay. earlier. I'll right? post it right here. Sunniest Solomon. Solomon. All right, Sunniest Solomon. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, Tony, uh, it was great to have you on. I love your perspective and, and your story. Yes. I know we didn't hear it all. You've had a lot more horrible experiences than good, but I, I'm glad to hear that you finally um, are having some good experiences in, in this field. Yeah. And I just want to put it out there. If you are a hosting directory and you guys want to be listed in our directory listing, please reach out to Scott or myself um, so we can get you guys uh, registered on the site and, and connected with potential hosting clients. Yeah. All right, Tony. All right. Thanks. Thank a lot. you for your time. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.